The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And the Royals win the season series with Detroit. Ten games to nine. They finish the road trip four and six. They reduce the magic number with Minnesota to three. And they increase their lead on Toronto to two in their quest for home field advantage throughout the AL playoffs. All that thanks to a 10 to three thumping of the Tigers Sunday afternoon as it's Davo on an... Uh, exhaling version, um, a more positive edition of your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation. Glad you are along. We're going to break this one all down, as well as preview the three-game set coming up with Seattle at the K as the Royals begin their last homestand of the 2015 season, and they should clinch this thing the way it looks on Wednesday night. So get your tickets. We'll go over all three of those games. But first, let's go over this one and start with our player of the game. And wow. What a slam dunk player of the game for Kendrys Morales today. Check this out. I'm sure you've heard by now. 15 total bases for Kendrys. That ties the 2015 MLB lead with Ioannis Cespedes, who also had 15 total bases earlier in a game. That's the club record for the Royals, 15 total bases is. And he did that thanks to three home runs, the first time a Royals done that since 1991 when the Bull... Danny Bull Turnable did it. So three home runs for the first time since 91 for a Royal. He also hit a triple as well. Overall, four for five with three home runs, a triple, three RBIs, five runs scored for Kendrys Morales, who has to be amongst the top three for comeback player of the year, along with guys like Mark Teixeira, who's obviously on the DL to end the year. But Kendrys has to be right up there, along with, you know, you could even make a statement for somebody, a case as an out, you know, a, 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 a uh, long shot candidate for Ryan Matson. There we go. I spit it out there finally. So Kendry's homers number 19, 20, and 21 on the year. RBI's 103, 104, 105 on the year. Who would have ever thunk realistically that Kendrys Morales would probably hit 23 home runs and drive in 113, 114 runs for the Royals this year? Not me. I had Kendrys down for something like 290. 16 home runs and 80 RBIs before the year. And, and that's, that was pretty, uh, as compared to most people, that was probably a, a, a pretty, you know, glass half full type of prediction for Kendry. So that was a pretty positive prediction on my part. But no, in, in no way did I or anybody else, I don't think, ever imagine this kind of production from Kendry's Morales. And the good thing is the Royals have him signed up again next year. Now, it wasn't just Morales who punished Tiger starter Alfredo Simon today. How about Ben Zobris getting things going on the right track again after being in a little mini slump? Three for five for Ben with a double, an RBI, a run, and a walk. Jose Rios, two for five with an RBI and a run. Now a 10-game hitting streak for Rios. Paulo Orlando does it again. Two for five with a double, a couple of runs scored, and a couple of RBIs. Christian Colon, four for five with a double. Scores a run, drives in one as he appears to be the Royals utility infielder on the bench when the postseason begins with Omar Infante having the rib injury. Most likely Omar done for the season, I would imagine, at this point. So Cologne, probably your guy on the bench, the one backup infielder, the true backup infielder you have on the bench because Obrist will be in the lineup every day. So Cologne will be your backup for the playoffs. So good to see him have a couple of good, you know, I had a clutch hit last night too in the loss and four more hits today. So that's good to see. And even Drew Butera gets in today. A couple of walks and a double for Drew. Overall, Simon, how about this line? For as great as Morales' offensive line was, Simon's pitching line is just as bad. Four and a third. 
gives up eight runs on 13 hits, walks three, strikes out three for Simon. So great job offensively for the Royals. And it could have been a lot worse, too. You had three bad base running plays in this game. First few innings, too. The first inning, obviously, you've got first and third with nobody out. Lorenzo Cain is picked off first base. Can't have that. Saw more bad base running last night with guys getting picked off. It happened again in the first inning. He just can't have that done. Then the next inning would have been bases loaded with two outs, but Ben Zobras puts his head down and runs past second as Mike Gershley holds the runner at third base. And that's Christian Cologne, who's easily gunned down at the plate. So that cost the Royals potentially a run there. For sure, at least one run in the first, because the Royals put a couple of runs up on the board after that play with Kane. So at least one run is costed in the first inning. Good chance could have been one there in the second, the way that Simon was getting pounded. And then you had Christian Cologne later on getting picked off first base as well. So, I mean, realistically, it could have been at least two more runs for the Royals today. At least one. Probably more like two or three, though. So just a nice job overall. You don't like to see those base running mistakes, though. You've seen more mental mistakes from the Royals over the last week, and that maybe is the most concerning thing next to Greg Holland, who appears to be demoted as the Royals' closer and most likely as a guy we even see much in the postseason. I'm sure he'll be in the postseason roster, barring injury, but probably like your fifth or sixth reliever. Right? I mean, you've got to assume, the way Duffy pitched today, you've got to assume, and the way Morales has been struggling, maybe Duffy becomes your your fourth guy along with Matson, Herrera, and Davis. And then that fifth guy is either probably Morales or Greg Holland. So, I don't know. It, 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 so you're concerned about that. Obviously, Johnny Cueto had a good outing his last time out. We'll talk more about him pitching against Seattle. He's in that series. We'll preview him and talk about him more in a bit. So that maybe becomes a little less of a concern. But to me, the number one, obviously, is Holland. To a degree, some of the guys in the back there being worn down, and then number two is some of the mistakes we're seeing mentally. If you want to get real picky, maybe diminished range for LCD's Escobar at shortstop, his bat as well. Maybe diminished range for Kane and center. That's getting real picky, but I'm just saying some of the things that are obviously negatives going forward. To me, the rotation will probably be okay if Cueto can steady himself. Because a guy like Medlin in the playoffs can go four or five innings. Then you have Danny Duffy to come in for three dominant innings, hopefully. Because Duffy can pitch every other day in the postseason, remember, with a day off. Duffy can pitch every three days out of the bullpen for two, three, four innings. So you pair Duffy with a guy like Medlin or Volquez, guys who struggle sometimes getting through six. You know, and then you hope for innings out of Ventura and Cueto where they can hand it directly off to the back end of your bullpen. You could be okay starting pitching-wise in the playoffs. That's why I'm not that concerned about the rotation if and only if Cueto can keep things going. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Now, pitching-wise, let's get back to that. So Chris Medlin, speaking of which, five innings, zero earned runs. There were three allowed overall, uh, unearned because of the error by Christian Colon, but he should also get credit for making a tremendous play there in that inning to begin the inning that got the first out. So, you know... It can't be too tough on a guy who got four hits and made a nice defensive play. But five hits scattered, no runs earned, two Ks, three walks. Probably more like a six-inning, one-run type of day if the Royals play a little better defense in that inning behind him if they, if they make the, you know, the routine play after making the nice play. He probably goes another inning. It felt like a six-inning, one-run type of game from Medlin, and that's good enough like we just detailed there with guys like Duffy. In the playoffs, you only need four or five innings out of guys like him and, and, and Volquez when you've got guys like Duffy out there that can give you two or three innings. So, to me, let's get to Duffy. I mean, that's probably next to Morales, and I guess Cologne had a great day. I mean, next to the offense, Danny Duffy, the most positive thing today. How good did he look? His first professional save, no walks in four innings. That's number one. Circle that. Zero walks in four innings. Strikes out six and only gives up two hits. So, only two base runners in four innings with six Ks and no walks for Duff. 
How big is that? Overall, four and six as detailed for the Royals on this trip. So not a good trip. You would have hoped for six and four coming in. But if KC can come home and finish up these last six games at home, if they could come home and go four and two, and I know that's a big if, you know, when you look at how they played over the last few weeks, but if they could come home and go four and two on this last homestand, get to 91 wins as you begin the final road trip in the final seven games of the year, you have that game you got to make up against the Cubs on Monday. Then you have three against the White Sox, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and three against the Twins to end the season there. So if you could go on this road trip, next road trip at 91 wins, I figured 94 to 95 will get you home field. 95 probably does it. Does it. 94 is an iffy because if the Royals end up tied with Toronto, they do lose home field. Toronto had the head-to-head advantage. So if they do end up in a tie, Toronto gets the home field. So probably 95 is the win total for to pretty much for sure get home field for the Royals. We shall see what happens. But just just come home and go 4-2 and two in this homestand. That's the hope. And the good thing is Toronto now has three games at home against the Yankees next. You just got to hope that some way the Yankees can go in and get two out of three. The Blue Jays have now lost two in a row as they blow in leads in back-to-back days against Boston. That's good. Maybe not having two Lewitsky is starting to hurt them a little bit. Maybe they're starting to just come back down to earth a little bit. Hopefully the Yankees can return the favor because Toronto just took three out of four in New York last weekend, the next three in Toronto with the Yankees. And if you're wondering, after that, the Blue Jays have home and homes left with the Rays and the Orioles. The Blue Jays will also be on the road the last week, just as the Royals will. Now, Seattle comes to town next. Seattle is 73-77. and 77. And the best news is the Royals miss Felix Hernandez, who pitched today. So that's good news. The off day tomorrow. Tuesday night, the Royals do get a tough ombre, though. Hisashi Iwakuma comes in 8 and 4 with a 390. He'll be opposed by Jeremy Guthrie 8 and 7, 555. Iwakuma will be seeing the Royals for the first time this year. Career wise, he's done very well against KC. 2 and 0 in three starts with the 2.14. 2 and 0 with the 2.14 career for Iwakuma in three outings against the Royals. He's coming off a nice outing against the Angels where he struck out nine in six innings, allowing just one run on four hits. Jeremy making his first start since August 19th in Cincinnati. So it'll be, you know, what what's today's date? Let's look at that date. What is today's date? It's 20th. So it'll be over a month. When Guthrie toes the rubber as the starter on Tuesday since we last saw him in the rotation. He comes off of four and two-thirds innings of impressive work last time out at Cleveland. Struck out four, one run on two hits in that one. And I crunched some numbers. Guthrie as a reliever was much better than he was as a starter. 4-7-6 ERA in five games. That spans 15 and a third. In those 15 and a third, Jeremy did strike out 13. So we missed a fair number of bats and walked just four. So 13 Ks, four walks, and 15 and a third out of the bullpen for Jeremy. I spoke with him recently. He told me he found something in his fastball. He feels like he's corrected it. He feels like his, you know, his fastball's back to where it was. Last year, he feels pretty confident about that. And his curveball, of course, was very good in that last time out. If they could somehow find the slider, he might be back in really good shape again. But hopefully, Jeremy at least has two-plus pitches to finish finish out the 2015 season for the Royals. Well, I mean, you got to favor Seattle in that matchup, Iwakuma against Guthrie, but anything's possible. The Royals need to get two out of three against Seattle. That first game is probably your worst chance just based on the fact that Iwakuma has been a stud throughout this year and can miss a lot of bats, but we'll see. Royals could easily get in. They're due to tatter some more good pitchers, aren't they? On Wednesday, it's lefty Rowenis Elias. No, is Elias? Elias. <laughs> I will say Elias. It's Elias. Rowenis Elias comes in 5 and 8 with a 406. He'll face off against your Dono Ventura, 12 and 8 with a 440. Now, Elias skipped his last time through the rotation. 
September 12th, his last start, five and a third, two runs on one hit against Colorado. He struck out eight in that game. A guy who can strike out a lot, eight Ks and five and a third. He did see KC back on June 24th. The Royals got him good, seven runs on five hits in three and two thirds. Ventura's first start of the year against Seattle, and he's gone five innings, two runs, his last outing at Cleveland with eight hits. So first start of the year, you got to like the Royals in that game. Ventura, for the most part, has been very good over the last six weeks. A couple of disappointing starts in there, obviously. Some of the time you want more length out of him. I, th- I like Ventura, though, in that game on Wednesday. I like the Royals to, on paper, get it even back up. And then you have the deciding game on Thursday. I really like the Royals on this one. Lefty James Paxton, who I've always liked. I wanted the Royals to trade for him a couple of years ago. He's had the injury bug, didn't pitch much last year, and had a finger issue, so missed over a month this year. This will be his third start since coming out the DL for Paxton. The first time the Royals have seen the Canadian lefty this year because of that finger injury. Last time at Texas, four and a third, one run on six hits. Time before that, three runs. Uh, in his three innings against Colorado. So four and a third and three innings for his first two starts off the deal. They're building him back up, a guy who I wouldn't think would go much more than 90 pitches, 95 pitches. So the Royals hopefully can get him out by the end of the fifth inning, get some runs, and and he's facing off against Johnny Cueto, who's not been good, obviously, as a Royal. 5-1-2 ERA as a Royal, but impressive and very encouraging outing Friday night in Detroit. Seven innings, just two runs on eight hits, four Ks and a walk. So I like the Royals big on Thursday. I do. I think the Royals get two out of three, kind of steady things. Hopefully the Yankees can get two out of three from Toronto in case he could grow this lead to three heading into the weekend. That would be what you're hoping for is to be three up. At that point, you have, what, 10 games left? If you're up three games with 10 games to go, you're in pretty decent shape if you are the Royals. So we'll see what happens. I'm calling two out of three in the Seattle series. We'll have them for you again here on Clubhouse Conversation. have some nice interviews coming up in the near future, by the way, with Tom Bergmeier, a Royal back in the day, a Royal who Coached both at Omaha and at the major league level. Pitching coach down in Omaha. A lot of guys give him credit for a lot of their big league success I've talked to. So we'll talk to Bergie coming up here soon. We will also be joined by Jeff Fulcino, who pitched for the Royals a few years back as well. So we talk to all your favorite current and former Royals players and breakdown games here on your dish. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll talk to you in a couple of days again here on Clubhouse Conversation.